Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you, February 16th, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 on the AM side of things. Last night, we enjoyed the cats beating the dogs. We're going to talk about it. Going to be a good time. But in the But first, first things first. It's raining, cats and dogs. We throw it Chief Meteorologist Scooter Magooter, who has the latest scoots. My goodness. If you are in the Jeffersonville area, just stay home. Every road is closed, so it was almost impossible for me to get to the station this morning. I, we, I had the main road I usually go through. It was flooded. You, As you all know, it floods from time to time, especially when mm-hmm. it's been raining since 4 a.m., um, so I had to find an alternate route. That route was also closed. So then oh. I started to freak out. I was going to get here 15 minutes early this morning. I ended up getting here at like 6.58 because I just had to waste so much time driving around finding a route. But yeah, it is it is pouring out there, lightning, thunder. It's, it's pretty wild. So if you have to go into work, be careful for sure. You heard it there first. Uh, it, it, it is nasty out there. Just, uh poking my head outside it's 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 not good so give yourself extra time pop in a thornton's they are safe and they're delicious if you're looking for food if you're looking for something to fuel you up maybe quite literally gasoline for your car they have uh, the best prices in town and you can always check what the prices are on the refresh and rewards app or maybe you're trying to fuel yourself up with some coffee red bull as scoots likes to drink they've got it all at thornton's check them out today and also Text it into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Nick Roush, how are you? How was your Wednesday hump day evening? Uh, it was it was joyous. Um, not even notwithstanding the, the basketball action. Uh, it was fun just getting outside, enjoying the, the lovely weather before uh, the heavens opened up and the rain poured down. And then, uh, you know, got to go outside, throw a little football with Duke and uh, – yeah, it's good stuff. Real good stuff. And uh, followed it up by watching the game down the street with some pals. And uh, it, it was it was good, TJ, because 
I haven't had a ton of game watching experiences that have been happy. And this was a, uh, I'm on my feet walking around. Like I, I, I did not sit. That was part of my uh, superstition a little bit, but like, I, I also did not sit just because I was, I was excited. I was fired up. I, I got to kind of just let it all out instead of, you know, sitting down and being quieter because the baby's sleeping or I got my computer out. Like, no, I was locked in, loaded. And, um, it was, it was a fun game for it. A lot of fun. Wow. A midweek game watch party with friends. What are you 24, 25? What, what, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It helps that like, I mean, we just all live within a block of one another and it was at their parents' house. So, you know, it's just, did you stay for the, the, the entirety of the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there? I was there till the end? So, wow, yeah. that was that yeah. would that be a good time. That, that, their house also they have a um, a big German Shepherd, uh, who a big white German Shepherd named Vanna Vanna White, and uh, their back deck. It's it, like you can keep the back door open in the back deck. I mean, it was just perfect weather. They had TV outside, so like I would kind of nervously walk out to the back deck, throw the the, the frisbee out to the dog for a couple times, and tv timeouts it was a nice little uh, routine i had going on the only downer the only bummer was the the tv outside obviously not as big as the inside tv and it was a little bit ahead so if i ended up staying out there and watching it i would react before they would and you know that's they, just eh, it's kind of i guess it's better to be ahead than behind though you never want to be on the tv that's behind no you you'd, you'd rather be watching it before before somebody else spoils it for you. Well, that sounds like an awesome Wednesday. It was it was great. It was great. I can only imagine that you clipped in for the Cats because they, they played like you were clipped in for the Cats. I actually did not, um, mm-hmm. which is the first time that first time in a long time that I haven't clipped in maybe for the Cats. Maybe. Maybe that's maybe we found the solution to our problems. I think Maybe your health is what's holding this team back, TJ. Potentially. I don't think that's impossible that that's what we've got going on there. Uh, but no, 8.30 game, it was just an absolutely wild TV night. It also didn't help that U of L, like, shockingly, played yeah. Virginia very mm-hmm. close. I thought the number was too big. I definitely didn't think that they were only going to lose by, by three and have a chance to tie it at the buzzer. But with the UL game being close and then a big TV night, the challenge finale, uh, it just it the wife wanted to to watch the challenge, and that wasn't going to be possible if I were if I were clipped in for the cats. So uh, didn't get to it yesterday, but was just an unbelievable weather day. Hottest, hottest tip, hottest February. What day was it? Fifteenth that I think they have on record beating a previous record for from 2018 which that'd be a bummer if your if your record only lasted for five five days or five years excuse me um but beautiful day scoots golfed enjoyed it yeah how'd you hit them uh, where'd you play how'd you do i, I did, did the wind how was the i, I don't think it's how did you do how many shots did the wind knock down <laughs> tj the, the wind was on my mind the entire round um <laughs> It, it I, I played much better than I thought I was going to for winter golf. Uh, shot an 87, had one of my lowest nines on this course that I play at pretty frequently. Um, the wind was windy at times. Other times it wasn't so bad. Sometimes it helped my shots uh, with the wind being at my back or maybe you know I'd hit it too far, but the wind was coming at us, so it helped. 
Uh, and then other times it hurt my shot. So sometimes it helped and sometimes it hurt. Uh, ultimately, it didn't really matter too much because I'm not that good of a golfer. But anytime you're getting to golf in February, January, feels like you're stealing a day. Uh, I really think the most over underrated or overrated, I'm not really sure. The, the most underrated weather is just winters in Kentucky. And overrated is people that act like winters in Kentucky are pretty bad. Uh, it's yep. really, it's really quite the treat. You do get like a little bit of snow if mm-hmm. you're into that, and cold temperatures nice. if you're into that. Yeah, like having all four seasons is is a good time. But we get really shortened on springs in this region, if you ask me. So the fact that you get some winter days where it's seventy, and uh, I think it's going to be bad the next two days, three days, whatever, and then it's going to get back up into like the fifties and sixties again for next week. So. You really feel like uh, you're you're stealing some days when when that happens, but it was awesome. Uh, I'm not a good golfer, probably never will be, but still, just getting out there, enjoying the nice weather, and uh, had a had multiple. I mean, a lot of birdie putts. Only made one of them though, but that's just a great feeling. See, when you roll one in for T- birdie. TJ, I just disagree with you that you're not a good golfer. You went out and shot 87 yesterday. That's a good golfer. No, That's so much better. That, we're not on the PGA Tour. We never will be on the PGA Tour. 87 is a good golfer. Okay, but Scoots, being a good golfer is not shooting 87 once. It's consistently shooting 87. Yeah, but he'll go out next time and shoot like a ninety-one, maybe. I mean, it's always that's what that's the thing about me and TJ is we're always within like a seven, nine, ten shot total. Like we're we are pretty consistent. I mean, and we're always under a hundred. That's a good golf. Ten strokes is ten strokes is a lot of strokes. It doesn't matter, Roush. We're not consistent like your brother-in-law or whatever it is. That's fine. We're still good golfers. Uh, it's all it's all perspective, I suppose, Scoots. And I like your I like your attitude, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna step on. I'm just I I see when he's trying to compliment you. Well, yesterday <laughs> yesterday I was really fired up about the whole thing because it, it really got under my skin. I had to admit because it's I'm not a bad golfer. I'm a good golfer, and it's the same thing with you, DJ. You're a good golfer. We're better than eighty percent of the country. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. But Scoot, sometimes we'll we'll hit the golf ball and it'll go like three feet. That's not good. That mistakes happen. I mean, what would name a sport where people don't mess up? You know, even the pros mess up with golf shots sometimes. I've seen they them some, dribble some they, down they the some, fairway. They sometimes do, but theirs will, will be like one out of a thousand or two thousand or even more than that. Ours is like one out of eight. You know, like it's not impossible that we just we. Sometimes I feel like when I'm golfing that in in between swings, like okay. I drove the ball. That was, it was pretty good. Um, you know, not perfect, but it was, it was solid. Sometimes when I'm walking back to my cart with my driver, I'm like, I come to think of it. I hope I don't just forget how to swing entirely. That's not the sign of a good golfer. Like where I'm just, there's sometimes where I'm just like, I hope I just don't completely forget like the whole concept of what I'm trying to do with the club in my hand here. Um, and that sometimes happens because I'm not because I'm scoots as much as you're being nice. I'm not that good of golfer. Um, I, I would you know, think that I, will the, hit, I will hit good shots occasionally and I don't hit terrible shots exclusively. But I, you know, I'm st- I, I don't just I, we don't get to play enough scoots to be really good golfers. Unfortunately, we're not really good, but we're good. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I would think that like if there was a if you were a member at a country club, if you need, if you're a good golfer, then you're like in the mix there when they have their tournaments. Whereas you'd probably be uh, be ta- having one of the larger handicaps in there. It, it's semantics at this point. I mean, you're you're talking about great golfers, Roush. Me and TJ are good golfers. We're not really good. We're not great. We're not PGA Tour professionals, but we're good golfers. Well, I don't think you're good. So well, you could, we would we, we wouldn't have one of the higher handicaps at country clubs for what it's worth. There are plenty of really, really? rich people with that are much worse at golf than we are. That's still like to get out there. <laughs> That's a good have point. fun. We would probably be around average to slightly below average, but um but you're like, yeah, toward the, the best of the best at a country club would significantly better than we are. Oh, Scoots, yeah. I think we're casual golfers that go out there, we have fun. We're if, if we're on a, if we're on your scramble team, we're not going to be hopefully your best player, but we're uh, we're you know we're liable to to hit a good one here or there. We'll, we'll be hey BC. It's all yeah. matters. BC. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully closer to the C, but that's that's all right. Scoots, I like where you're at. I like where your mind's at. Your attitude's well, at. I wasn't I wasn't trying to to poo poo your golf game. I just think for golfers like you and I, wind is not our, our biggest concern more times than not on the course well yeah and yesterday it didn't turn out to be that windy it was not nearly as windy as i thought it was going to be so yeah it would have been a great day i actually went into work and i was just so damn depressed the whole time i, I must have looked out the window for over half my shift I, I that's all i wanted to do was be out golfing and uh instead you had to go home and watch your hoosiers lose at the horn yeah sorry bud that was tough but it, it, it was fine I mean, they did come back. Uh, I was not following along the whole time, but I uh, heard they were down 21. So that's that's something good. I just um, it felt weird because uh, it was a game that I forgot was on. Like we were, you know, flipping to some of the other games. It's like, oh, yeah, Indiana plays. Let's flip to that one. And as we flip to it, like the Northwestern shot is rolling in uh, to go up two with two seconds left. If Indiana would have hit that half-court shot, would they put that on popcorn boxes, Scoots? I'm not sure about that. I'm, I'm, I mean, it would have been a big win. But here's the thing with that game is I really feel like Indiana got lucky at Michigan on Saturday. I did not expect Indiana to win that game. So it's kind of – we kind of just traded wins and losses. I thought Indiana had a really good shot at that game last night. But like you said, Roush, they fought back. I mean, they were down 21 points. They could have easily just rolled over and died, and they fought back and had a chance to win at the end. So that alone just – has me so hyped like this team fights i haven't had an indiana team fight like this one in maybe my lifetime i mean it's it, this year's been a lot of fun but yeah that sucked never never fun to lose but it's it's not a bad loss in my opinion tj wow. did you hear that uh, northwestern they're now the best team in the state of indiana they get to they i've own heard it. that yeah uh i did not where is that is that a joke that i missed chris, online? chris collins is now the governor so suck it mike pence what what happened? I mean they they beat Indiana and North and Purdue in back to back games. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. know if there there was somebody said something and there was like a funny online. I wasn't really on my phone so much yesterday. Uh, was golfing, enjoying the beautiful weather. Uh, just just too nice. I didn't know if somebody said something funny or silly. Did no, uh, they just they just beat the best teams in back to back games? Did Northwestern? Wow, shots fired at Mike Bray in Notre Dame. Uh, did Northwestern's coach grab anybody on the court? Uh, not uh, that I saw. Not yeah, that no I saw. court storming either. No court storming. Wow. I mean, there was Indiana elite. Uh, the Northwestern fans were just tired. 
They admitted it. They interviewed a couple after the game. They were just wore out from the last court storming. They didn't want to do it again. <laughs> That's the most Northwestern thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Not as bad as Vandy walking seeing a foul onto the field. Yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff. I thought, uh, Scoots, you've you've got the correct take with all that. I I thought Northwestern would win. I bet their money line, which was a nice uh, profitable bet for me. But that's it's not a moral victory, as you alluded to. uh, You not saying you alluded to it, but you alluded to it's not a moral victory. But winning on the road of college basketball is really tough. The good news about the NCAA tournament is is it's not true road games. They're not they shouldn't be hostile environments. Uh, and so if you can just show that you can compete, fight, show some heart, that stuff can carry. So it was. I think that was a good game for IU. Just the fact that they did come back and Big 10's got their usual Big 10 treatment where losses aren't ever really considered bad. Any of the wins are considered good, so it's good it, for good for you all. It's like every other conference. At the end of the day, I mean, there's there's two or three teams that you cannot lose to, and you have to beat every time. And then the rest is just yeah. It's I mean, it depends on how the season's going at that point. But I think a lot of the conferences are like that. Big Ten is just it's different every year, and it's tough to describe, which is not good if you're in the radio business. But it's. I think perception goes a long way too, because Big Ten does have just some more traditional names than certainly the SEC and even the Big 12, although the Big 12 is getting that treatment this year, and rightfully so, just because the conference is totally stacked. But the Big Ten always gets it, whether or not the conference is good or not good. And Northwestern's a good team. They're they're going to be a tournament team. They're probably going to end up being in the like eight nine game that nobody's going to have any idea if they should pick them or not. But you know, you're just not going to pick whoever it is past the one seed, so you end up just like flipping a coin or moving on past it. But they they're they're a tricky opponent. Um, Ooh, potentially Kentucky opponent. You know, like but on the on the flip side, Northwestern is a better team than Georgia, so this isn't really all that great of a comparison. But like IU's not going to get punished at all for its loss in Northwestern, which is, which is fine. And probably the right call and same with Purdue, but like Kentucky will 100% get punished for its loss against Georgia. And again, one's a tournament team, probably going to be in that anywhere from like 10 to seven seed range, Georgia, not a tournament team. So there is a, there is a little bit of a difference there, but like it is, it it, it still is a loss in conference. They happen. uh, As Scoot said, they do happen. You don't want them to happen, but they're not the end of the world. And with Kentucky's win last night, it to me, it erases the Georgia loss. And it does stink. You know, we're going to say this a thousand times. It does stink that we're even in this position that you've got to be playing these little games. Like this is a UK team that I think comfortably should be in the tournament. You shouldn't have the have to have these discussions in the middle of February, uh, and it's discussions we're going to be having throughout the the entire season. I. I, I Unless UK just gets really hot or just plays absolutely terribly, it's you know I think there's a decent chance we're going to be going into Selection Sunday, maybe not sweating it out, maybe sweating it out. But I think we're going to be going in curious or maybe nervous uh, to hear Kentucky's name. I don't, I don't think they're I don't think they're going to realistically do enough where they're just going to comfortably 100% be in. Doesn't matter, you know, you're fine. And I also think there's probably a good chance that they're not going to be 100% completely out, like not even in the conversation. They'd really have to get cold. Uh, So every game really matters. And again, it does think that we're having to play these games. But I think this erases the Georgia loss, Roush. I think this, you know, you 
if you went one and one in those road games, it it was going to be okay. Like you you can you can survive that. Yeah, you uh, had to steal. You had to steal one. Um, and the they, other thing too, the uh, the next road game next week just got. I mean, Colin Cassidy broke his hand at Ole Miss. That's who who is Florida without Colin Castleton? So that that game just got a lot more palatable. Um, I would I would just like to add before we move on, Northwestern's w- that loss to them was a quad one loss. So it's crazy, but yeah, crazy yeah, no, that, that that that's understandable <laughs> in the road game with the quad systems. How does that works? I mean, the Georgia one is a quad two, and like mm-hmm. you yeah. know, again, and, and and it wasn't. That's not a perfect comparison, but. Um, there is a little that there is always a Big Ten perception. It is a real thing that that happens. But uh, no, it, they they it seems like to me Kentucky got the tougher one. Mississippi State, as so often it's been this season, they when UK has played an opponent in, in conference, this team was hot. They just yep. won on the road at the place against the team where Kentucky lost at home against and kind of lost comfortably with the way that second half unfolded against Arkansas. Uh, SEC is a little wacky this year. Alabama, obviously, better than everybody else. Texas A&M is kind of comfortably in second place where things stand right now. And then the rest of the league, any you know, any given night, it seems like anybody can really beat anybody. It's a, it's a weird league. UK, in my opinion, got the tougher of the two road games. I, I think Mississippi State's a better team than Georgia. But I think, Roush, we learn more and more about this team uh, of what you don't want to see. Mississippi State didn't really have guards that could go create for themselves, go be, beat UK off the dribble consistently, mm-hmm. go finish at the rim. They were more big-oriented, and credit to UK's bigs, they didn't have the perfect night, obviously, but they did enough defensively to make Mississippi State's offense look pretty bad against what I consider a pretty average UK defense. So uh, a win for UK's defense, a win for UK's defensive bigs. Especially in the, the first half that really – Injected some early energy into the offense. Uh, what probably still like three or four passes there in that opening uh, few minutes to really get things going, get the cats off on the right foot. So uh, I do think it's so funny. Like this team, they're just so damn inconsistent. Like yeah, uh, we we talked about it on here previously. Like which team's going to show up? Well, they're. They're right at the point where they'll, they'll, this was the perfect opportunity to reel us back in because we got to see another side of Kentucky. We got to see Chris Livingston attack the rim and really play the most aggressive he's played offensively all year long. Um, and he's not always going to be guarded by uh, guys that he can drive by. But, man, that that's that should be his game. And, I mean, Kentucky just went out and they went on the road with Casey Wallace shooting one of – he missed 12 shots. He was one of 13. Like he, he just hit a cold streak. I I'm now back to the point where it's like, you, you see the different pieces playing poorly. Sometimes they all play bad at once and it's a nightmare. Sometimes half of them play really good and, and you can win. What happens if they just all start playing good at the same time, TJ? That's what I, that's where the, I really start to be like, you know what? Just what? What if they go and do something crazy? What if they go and run? Like there, there is potential there because the, I, I think the individual parts have flashed. Like all of them have flashed at various moments. It's just a matter of getting them on the same damn page on one on the same night. Yeah, yeah. Scoots, play the play the tapes from 
like January second, because that's what that's what we were saying then, and we were saying it throughout January. It's like they're gonna it's gonna click for them at some point. They're gonna have a game where they're all on and they all are playing well. I, I I'd kind of come to the conclusion that they just weren't going to have that happen. Roush, I, I was obviously pretty down on where things stood uh, during that zero and two stretch this past week, and I'm still I don't think maybe over the moon high or excited. Uh, of this team, but it, it's a really weird basketball team. It's a really sure. hard team to figure out. Uh, I did pick Mississippi State yesterday, but I did say like I've got like if they're going to win a game, wouldn't it be the one last night? Like wouldn't it, wouldn't that be the way this team operates? Where it's just right when this is like the fourth time they've done this. I, wow, they really how many how many lives do a, does a cat have? Scoots uh, nine. Nine. It's trivia seems Thursday. Like, None of ways they are to skin a cat. Seems like this one's on like number five or six because it, they have. They've just done this little trend of uh, this stinks, not fun. Hey, all right, this is looking good. I'm. I, maybe you got some. Oh, never mind. This stinks. This is horrible. Hey, you know what? I, I was down on them, but we've got something cooking here, and I think I. Okay, we're done again. This is over. It's all over. I'm not saying we're back to getting all excited. I think if you, but if you beat Tennessee, you're there again. I mean, you're just there again. You'd go from a 2-0 week to an 0-2 to a back to a 2-0. And rightfully so, you'd have a road win against what was projected at the time, a tournament team in Mississippi State. And then you'd have a, a home win against a top 10 team. And with A&M's win yesterday, that's going to move their game, their, their game at Rupp Arena, which Kentucky won to a quad one, most likely, with their win last night. And that, Kentucky, you look at the resume now, three quad one wins. They got two last night. You get Tennessee on Saturday. You finish the week when your your, your number's at four. That's a team that is, again, not comfortably in the NCAA tournament, but you're on the right side in, and you can afford a loss. You can afford probably two losses. So Tennessee game, absolutely colossal. We've got a lot more to discuss with the X's and the O's of last night. Uh, mm-hmm. Roush brought up Cason Wallace. we got to talk about him. We've got to talk about the late game execution. We've got to talk about injuries. We've got to talk about Calipari. We've got so much to get to on today's show. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Don't go anywhere. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, oh, Justin Kidd. Okay. And the Another love grows cold on a sleepless night as the storm blows on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Jim Nance, you'll see that he's calling his last Final Four. Scoots, I I bet this hits you hard. It did. Yeah, Jim Nance is absolutely my favorite broadcaster, has been for Pretty much my whole life. I mean, I like the Gus Johnsons of the world, the exciting guys, but there is no voice as classic and as good and as pure as Jim Nance's on the call. Mate, yeah, that that uh, that hit me pretty hard. Wait, Scoots, can we get a uh, can we get a hello, friends, from you? Hello, friends. <laughs> Three drawing where you have mistakenly. 
what what name, what is this song? This is the Friends uh the Friends intro. You played yeah. the Friends intro instead of the Masters music. Correct. Yes. That's a mistake. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm well aware. You all told me the first time I played it. Well, bad golfer doesn't no, oh, wow. know any better. Comes down hey, to being a bad golfer. He's yeah. gonna get really upset. Good, about good it. golfer would have played the Masters music. <laughs> it's a, it's a, good, it's a good fun rejoin though. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports oh, Radio. Yeah. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Get your text into the Thornton Sex Line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty, and we'll read it while it's while we're on the air. Uh, Roush, do you just what? What do you want to get into the game analysis? Do you want to talk about Casey Wallace some more? You want to talk about the end of the game? Were you nervous? Did you think the Cats were going to pull it off? I, I thought they were going to pull it off. I, I was a little, you know, I, I, you and I have always been operated under the belief that you don't have to take somebody out just because they get X amount of fouls. When Oscar got his third, it's like okay, yeah, sit him until the next TV timeout, then put him back in. But when he got his fourth with, what was it, about five minutes ago? Like, I felt like they set him an extra minute or two when Mississippi State went on that run. You were up by eight or nine, and that got cut to four. So it, it quickly went to within, all right, this is just, a you know, two possessions down the court, and you've, you're behind now. I, I thought Oscar said a little too long. But, um, you know, the way that when they banked in that three before half, it's like, okay, I, I'm not going to blame them. I'm not going to. Not taking any chances here. Just sending the free throw line. Eventually, those statistics got to start. Uh, they got to start showing up, right? And we we mentioned the free throw defense. I mean, Mississippi State was the worst free throw shooting team in the SEC, and they shot seventy four percent against the Cats, fourteen and nineteen. There was a, a front end or two sprinkled in there, um, but Kentucky. Meanwhile, they made theirs down the stretch. Chris Livingston. Uh, came through, and then they got a Oscar Shibuya late, and he uh, he iced the game. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I was never that worried. Um, but uh, when they cut it to four, you're like, oh, my gosh, are they going to keep making some garbage up here? Especially when Tolu Smith knew that Shibuya had four fouls, and he, and he was just like, all right, well, I'll just go right at him because he's going he's gonna to kind of get out of my way. That, that, that part was worrisome. They, they, they struggled to get stops there in the final few minutes. Yeah, they were struggling to to get some stops. Uh, I I was nervous when it was two points. I just like didn't that that there was that one possession that what with about like forty seconds left, fifty seconds left, whatever it was, where Mississippi oh. State was able to play it out, and they were like, "All right, let's just get a stop, and we'll be down two. We won't have to, you know, we won't have to worry about getting into foul and or anything like that." And it just. Kentucky wasn't getting anything going, and then the ball would go out of bounds, and Kentucky would get it back, and it was like, okay, here's a chance to reset. And the possession ended with the Oscar three, which didn't do anybody I mean, any that, good. But, that possession had, was it three inbounds passes? And yeah. the worst part of it all was those idiot referees. My God, how stupid are they? It was driving me nuts. They took seven seconds off the shot clock for Kentucky because it hit the rim and they didn't reset the shot clock and nobody cared to look. They went to look to see if it went off DJ Jeffrey's shoes, which it clearly did. It was very funny how that worked out. But the ball hit the rim on that play and they didn't reset the shot clock back to 20. That's seven valuable seconds that ticked off for no reason. It should have been reviewed and it should have been put back on. 
yeah, I I thought the same thing and thought it was a little strange that we, you know, they didn't they didn't talk about it. Uh, I do wish Reeves would have made that three. Just would have been the game clincher. Yeah. Would have that, been a big shot. It was a great play too, uh, because I, I thought we were doing the thing where just let's dilly dally around with Casey Wallace and then uh, jack up something. It's like, well, he's not exactly playing well. Why are we doing that? But that was. It was clear he was trying to draw the defenders to get Reeves wide open. It worked beautifully. It did not work as well as the lob play that they ran down the stretch. But all in all, like you, you couldn't ask for a much better shot. And you, I mean, the the lob play to go up four. Like what a freaking response! What a pass! What a dunk! So it, it wasn't pretty, but they did have some some solid end of game execution. That was that was good. I'm glad you brought up the lob play and kind of lost in the shuffle of a frantic finish that I, I, I had forgotten to write that down. But that was crazy. You, you just get dunked on. It feels like if there was more time left in the game, like that's definitely a momentum changing dunk. But even with the time given, it may have been fatal for Kentucky if they, you know, if they get too down on themselves or let it be a momentum changing dunk. And what do they do? They come down the literal next possession and get one of themselves where it's like, all right, hey, we're fine. Reset. Let's just let's let's start over again. Uh, they they answered the call. Uh, they I, I still worry about this team's basketball IQ. What is Antonio Reeves doing fouling in that spot of all things to do? Like, what are you doing? And Cal said after the game on the post game show, uh, do nobody do, do people care how long he talks after wins versus losses? Uh, it, it it seemed pretty short after the win for what it was worth too, um, especially on the the post game the ra- the eight forty post game radio show, uh, which they just do a, a million. It's just unreal how the amount of ads that JMI runs during games. Will, Calipari will say one sentence and they'll say we'll be back with part two of Coach Cal's <laughs> interview post game show. And they'll come back, and he'll say one other minute line. of commercials, minute of cow talking, minute of commercials. It's un, it's unreal, and so so many of the commercials are so folksy too, Roush. Oh, they, they, they. The they, worst they, is the one that they play where they have the kids talking because it just is like kids are not FTK and the F ain't for four, huh? <laughs> is that what you get? That they're just not great at. It doesn't sound great. Gosh, there was one when we were in college, high school, maybe into college. And I think it was for like maybe UK healthcare. Um, so, you know, I'm not making fun of it, but it was the kid who was like, Daddy, am I going to play for the Wildcats one day? You remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the kid I think and I dad was like, Well, that. son, maybe if you work hard. And then it was like the kid, you know, they said whatever the ad was. And the kid was like, Hut, hut, hike. And you know it was just it, it, it really, really. They and they played it every every segment. You just couldn't get away. That was like 2006, 2007. Some other people will remember what I'm talking about. Uh, but Cal said in the post game show, he was like, "No, I told Reeves if they make it, if you're up four, do not foul." And he must have thought that he meant to foul. Um, was what it was. You know, the funny thing is, when they were up four, I was thinking to myself, like, maybe they should consider fouling. I, I always think in late game situations, just what weird little things you could do. Mississippi State, not a good free throw shooting team. Again, UK's SEC free throw defense was bad last night. Uh, even the bad free throw shooting teams, Roush, have pretty solid nights. Uh, but I was thinking, like, maybe you foul them just because a three makes it a one possession game. 
regardless of what you do from the line, where if you foul and they do the free throws, you're still you still only need one free throw to make sure you don't lose. Um, yeah, the the math. I think that's like uh, an analytics person would tell you, like, I mean, they the the maximum amount of points they can get off that possession is two. So you you make them do that. Um, the only problem was it felt like they did it really quick, so that when Kentucky got the ball back, there was still three and a half seconds or something like that, so that they didn't it didn't, it didn't really t- chew up a, a whole lot of real estate where they were just back in the same situation, but only you know, one and a half seconds later, instead of taking up a little bit more time to try to get a shot. Yeah, Mississippi State was incredibly efficient with their fouling uh, and taking time off the clock. Clock to foul ratio. They did a really good job. Uh, and, and did you have any issues with the ball going to Oscar there for, for the free throws late in the game? No, because, I mean, would I rather have gone to Chris Livingston? Sure. But... In a, all right, let's just get it in, go to the free throw line, have our best player take care of business. Like, I get why that was the, I, I understand the the line of thinking there. He's going to be bigger, throw it high, let him go catch it, and then go make some free throws. That is, like, I, I totally understand the people that don't love it. And I'm not, like, I, I feel like this take is going to be pushing back on them, and I'm not, like, I, I don't want Oscar to be the guy shooting free throws. So, like, I'm right there with some of these people. Like, it's not my first choice either. But I, I wish they at least would have, like, the nuance or the ability to be able to say, I don't love Oscar shooting the free throws. However, I understand he's the best rebounder maybe in U.K. history. I think he moved into the top ten last night in rebounds in school history, which is crazy thinking that he's only played a year two and a half of, and- you know, two years at Kentucky, but in like the ten is a list full of four year players and dudes who used to get like twenty rebounds a game in the fifties. Yeah, in the fifties where they were just missing every single shot and looked like they were like, you know, a six year old throwing it up towards the basket. So there was plenty of rebounding opportunities. Uh he's an absolute freak, but I wish they'd just have I wish they'd add the caveat that because like, again I'm I'm with him. I don't love Oscar being the guy to shoot the free throws. It seems like every other team that UK's ever played against in the history of basketball has been able to run a play to get it to their guards on free throws and UK just elects to go to their bigs. I do think you can get you you could probably do more sets, you can do more screens, you can do more set plays. That being said, UK Cal was also doing a little he was doing a little number, a little ditty, if you will, with the timeouts, with Mississippi State being out of timeouts. He didn't want to give them an opportunity to go meet up and I think maybe that had a role with it but they've got to be able to mention at least I'll finally get to my point here that he's the best rebounder like if you are worried about getting the ball in bounds with a five seconds potentially even being in consideration or in the conversation if you're at two or three seconds you can just throw it up to him he's gonna catch it like he's gonna get it he gets everything he gets everything on the glass why wouldn't he be able to get a jump 50 50 ball so he is an outlet he is a safety valve and they use them as a last resort, but the last resort was kind of the first option. Um, they didn't really run anything. I wish they would have. I think it would have been better if they had, but they didn't. It was what it was. But, Rosh, I wish people, people that even are that are super disappointed about it would realize that, like, hey, it's just an easy way to get the ball in bounds. He's going to catch the pass. Yeah, you're guaranteed to get to the free throw line, whereas – I don't always trust that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love him. He was good yesterday, 
like Antonio Reeves is good for one pickpocketed easy layup on the other end per game. That stuff is yeah, that stuff is wild. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Like I get it if you like have a pass that gets poked away. Case and Wallace had a million in that Arkansas game to start the second half. But like just to be dribbling out of the top near half court and to just have it poked away. Uh, he's good for about one a game. This team sometimes struggles kind of squeezing onto the ball, especially in pressure pack situations. Uh, Roush, I call it whether or not you have the chops or not. And sometimes Ooh. I worry if this team has the chops. Um, I'm not so sure that they potentially do. But you know what? That was a big th- thing for me in December and January. Is like, even if this team gets in a spot to close out games, can they do it? They've done a better job. A lot of times it's them barely kind of holding on, but they do still find a way to to close it out. So that's good. This team is still just incredibly confusing to me. Uh, they're tough to they're tough to figure out. Seemingly, what I think is going to happen usually doesn't happen. And uh, but they can they're still alive. And that's the good thing. Yep, still alive, staying alive. Um, I, really, the biggest difference maker in the game last night was. Uh, as I kind of alluded to earlier, you needed Reese's threes in the first half. Um, you did hit the magic number for Jacob Toppin. Kentucky now 18 and one when he scores 15 plus points. He had 16. Uh, but Chris Livingston, man, he he really showed up when Kentucky needed him because when you just don't have guards, you got to find scoring elsewhere. And there was a like a time or two where he got the ball, and I'm just like, hey. You have your defender on his heels. Just go right by him. Be the physical man. And sometimes when people gripe about intangible problems with with teams and players, I just I think like okay, we're just reading body language. You don't always have to be, you know, the 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 screaming at him guy to actually be caring, right? You don't have to always show emotion on your face to be caring. But there is there there is a a they this team needed a dog. This team needed a bully. This team needed an aggressor, a physical, just all right. I'm gonna take this to you and I'm gonna score in your face. In Livingston, he played like that last night, man. He he showed that he's got that dog in him. He showed some aggressiveness, he showed some tenacity, and he knocked down some big shots. Cause as good as he was going at the rim, he he had a, 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 a at least one big three, and then the 18 footer. That I mean, that was in crunch time. Kentucky's offense was struggling. I think that was when Sheboy was still out, and Mississippi State was going on that run. That was a huge shot he hit to to give Kentucky some breathing room. I, I mean, that, that yesterday was we we got a lot of the payout that when we've been looking for uh, from Chris Livingston after playing all these minutes this year. Yeah, well, it was a few weeks ago where I'd mentioned that like. This staff sees something in Chris Livingston. I'm not so sure that I see it or that we've seen it collective. You know, we've seen a flash here or there, but this staff really likes that dude. They really like either the player that he is in practice and think what they can get out of games, or they like his potential of what's to come. Regardless, they they have trusted him with a great deal of minutes and an ability to play through mistakes because he'll he, he has made plenty of them and he'll continue to make some as games go on but you do you you do see these flashes and they're becoming more and more consistent which has to better better late than never i suppose uh but i, I do think there's maybe some you, you 
they feel validated a little bit when you see him kind of be strong and take it to the to the rim. I do wonder if they just told him, hey, with CJ and Wheeler out, like at times we just need you to create. Like we, you know, we won't get mad at you for bad shots. He's had some bad misses throughout this season, which player on the team hasn't. But I think they just told him, like we're you, you've got a green light to to some extent. Don't 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 second guess anything. Just go, you know, attack. And if you've got an open shot, take it. Uh, him getting the rebound on the Antonio Reeves missed three there with a, you know, that was huge. That Mississippi State would have had a chance to tie or take the lead with eight seconds left if Livingston's not, you know, in the right spot at the right time there. He really did play well. And I, you know, I, I, I still can't really get a feel. I don't know if anybody else out there is in a similar boat to me. I can't get a feel on, like, if I think he's a good shooter, not a good shooter, if I trust him, if, you know, if he's open, I'm totally all right with him taking it, just the way this offense can really be stuck in the mud at times. Anybody needs to be able to shoot the ball if they're open. So I have no issues with him shooting it. But I can't – I don't know, Roush. Sometimes he has some bad misses that makes me not as confident that he's a good shooter. But they they go in, and his swishes are really, really pretty too. They don't – you know, it doesn't happen all the time. But his swishes are really pretty. I trust him at the free throw line. See, that, that. That, that's the biggest thing is how many guys – like. The last, especially last year, it's like, can if you're struggling, can somebody just drive to the rim and get fouled and shoot a couple free throws to stop the bleeding? Livingston could do that. Like, he, I think he can. I think yeah. he should be able to. I think we're starting to learn that he can do that. Yeah. So uh, he, and that's where you, you know, I, like I, I don't care how people. You really, you were so down this tee. Like, I don't care. I, I, I'm going to swing. This swinging door is going to swing wildly back and forth after games this year, uh, because they just they've been so inconsistent. But man, uh, if you just get flashes like that from Reeves on a more consistent basis, if you get that aggressiveness, um, I just I just think things go right when you play overly aggressive, and that kind of gets us to Case and Wallace where. At least he was aggressive. Uh, Saturday, so on Saturday, you just like he wasn't making shots, so he just quit taking them. Mm-hmm. I, at least he was shooting them on Saturday, and I didn't think they all looked that bad. Um, but the one point that uh, somebody made last night that I thought was a great point when we were hanging out watching the game, it's like you know, Casey Wallace can't be as good as we need him to be when he's taking 38 minutes at point guard when he's the primary ball handler. Like there's just a lot on his plate and to, he, he's just going to be a better scorer, a better shooter when he's off the ball, which I, I, I think that is a fact, but he's also pretty damn good with the ball. Cause he had 11 assists and only one turnover last night. So like you kind of, you wish that at least a couple of those shots would fall. Um, Cause many of them look good. And some of them were, taken how you want to take them inside out like after moving the ball around like he got some decent looks of course there were some late in the shot caught kind of prayers where you're like i don't know what that is but at least he continued to play aggressive and he wasn't a complete no-show like he was against georgia like he got his team involved he passed it well 11 assists one turnover uh the shots weren't falling but kentucky won thanks to his play yeah, yeah, no doubt uh, about it, and that's what any coach in America is eager and anxious to show that box score and say, and they and they won the game. Who took the fifth most shots on the title team? Yeah, no kidding. Um, I, I would have bet probably a 
scary amount of money if I if you would have been like, hey, this is uh Kaysen's shooting numbers from from the evening. I would have been like, oh, Kentucky's getting blown out. That he's going one of thirteen. They're they're getting killed. Like this is a terrible time of the year for Kaysen to start slumping. And that is something like, you know, again, corny cliche coaches across America, but that is something to like that's something to note. That's something to be proud of if you are Kaysen Wallace. It's something to be proud of if you're John Calipari. You had a player have his worst shooting night of his college basketball career and was an insanely important piece to the puzzle for a huge road win. Like that that should give Kaysen he he should not have another quote unquote bad game. Uh, I would probably probably seem safe to assume that he's probably going to have another bad shooting game. Uh, he is really slumping shooting the basketball right now. But he, he has just set an example for himself and for the rest of the team that like, hey, that it shouldn't matter. If I'm if I can't get the ball in the basket, hopefully somebody on the team can. I'll do some other things. I'll set you all up to get the ball into the basket. I'll play my butt off on defense to do some uh, to just make an impact on this game. It doesn't have to be about scoring. And Cal was really, Cal will tell you, you know, he'll he'll show his hand in post game interviews. He doesn't talk to the media, uh, pre game interviews, and he was hammering in the pre game interview on uh, on UK Sports Network yesterday that like I'm telling Kaysen he needs to shoot, he needs to be aggressive, no bad shots, he needs to let it rip. And Kaysen had that mindset, as Roush alluded to, like he was letting it go, he was shooting. Um, I don't think that really a lot of the shots were bad shots either. It is so huge to be able to get a win and then say, hey, your your lead point guard, your top draft pick on this team, most likely a lottery pick, he's not really giving you anything offensively from a scoring standpoint. Still such an important piece to be out there on the floor. That is huge for this group. It's huge for Case and Wallace. And a really head-scratching game from him last night, but ultimately one that he can build off of, which you know most of the time you're not saying that after uh, – a six percent shooting night. Gosh, still, it's like, how can we buy a bucket? I mean, what, please? Just, uh, one uh, of those go in seven percent shooting night, uh, maybe even rounded up to eight. Regardless, not good for him, but he impacted the game in other ways. Kentucky was able to get the win, a much needed win, a potentially season saving win. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk more about that, and we've got some other stuff to get to in hour number two, Roush. Yeah, what about Lance? Uh, He played in the game. Uh, No bench player over 10 minutes yesterday. Uh, And also, will UK ever get Severe Wheeler and CJ Frederick to play and to play more than just a few games? Uh, We'll Uh, talk about that in hour number two. Yeah, I don't know. No no spoilies. Oh, boy. The lightning and thunder outside. Lightning and the thunder, thunder, thunder. Feel the thunder. Be safe out there, folks. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call comes up next on Big X. There's Roush singing some Imagine Dragons. Roush, you an Imagine Dragons fan? Imagine Dragons. We'll be right back. Whiskey makes my baby feel a little frisky. Back roads are bogging up. My buddies pile up in my truck. We hunt our honeys down. We take them in Over. You say over? I ain't heard no family. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro.
welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Here we go, 7 to 9, Monday through Friday. Replay of the show, 9 to 11, and you can listen anytime, anywhere. Just search for the Kentucky <sighs> Roll Call podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to apologize to everybody. I had the perfect bookend opportunity to end our number one. We started with Jim Nance. We ended with me singing a stupid Imagine Dragons song. And I forgot the quote they had after Patrick Reed won the Masters. Welcome to the new age. To the new age. That was actually quoted after a Masters win. By Patrick Reed, because Imagine Dragons is his favorite band, and I I can't believe I I, I buffed that up. People do <sighs> forget that. Yeah, people do forget that. Uh, Nick Faldo, no longer the lead guy for CBS either. Boo! <laughs> do you think Suck that has anything? To do, do you think that has anything to do with it? Well, it should have been fired. Well, yes, immediately should have been fired. All right, Scoots, how much of the golfer documentary on Netflix show have you watched? Uh, None yet, but I'm really excited today. I should get time to knock out one, maybe two of them. I'll probably have it done by Monday or Tuesday. Really, really excited for it. I would imagine that I I don't even know how many episodes there are. There are eight. I would imagine by Monday I will also probably have it finished. Um We've we've got I I didn't get to watch last night South Park which I'm excited about and then yeah definitely going to be watching that starting today tomorrow probably all weekend uh, excited about it I, I, has anybody heard any reviews about it what does Rotten Tomatoes say not like uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say I've heard any actual reviews but um, golf fans I know have uh, all liked it uh, Tony. Tony Burke said on Spears yesterday he watched the first episode and he gave it a solid A. So, wow, he's a tough he's a tough crater too. He Everybody is. knows that about he Tony is. Burke. Yeah, yeah. Wow, good. Well, I'm excited to watch it. Scoots, I figured you maybe had started it, but you don't. You know, you don't have a ton of time. Yeah, no. That and yesterday I definitely didn't have any time. I wanted to trust me. I wanted to sit down and watch all eight episodes yesterday, but uh, yeah, no time. Too much Could basketball. You get away with watching it at work. Uh, probably could have, but that's not really the environment that I want to watch it. I, I don't feel like I would, I'd give it my undivided attention that it deserves. Um, yeah, so I, ideally I, I want to watch it at home sitting on my couch. I'm I'm with you where my wife, she can burn and turn through like dramas while just doing whatever. And I'm like, eh, if it's a good show, I want to be like, give it my undivided attention. Yeah, I can multitask. But like the challenge, rewatching that, like I'll be half paying attention to that. And be fun. Yeah. Okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Sure. What did you all think of the commentators last night for the UK Mississippi State game? Um. Big fan of the, like the play-by-play guy. Thought was good. Mark Wise, uh, the color commentator. Sometimes he would just. Uh, <laughs> he's like, does he know where he is? Like it just. He had very much a uh, – uh, what, what, what's Jason Bateman's character on Dodgeball? Pepper? Oh, uh, that's – yeah. Sometimes you're just like – because it, it, it's also like the tone in which he delivered. It was kind of like 
he was just it was funny sometimes. Yeah, I thought he was. Yeah, a, good I, point. I thought he was a dweeb. <laughs> wow, Scoot's coming out firing with the dweeb comment. Uh, I think it was the play-by-play guy, but the 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 jinxes on Livingston's free throws were just out of control. My I've never goodness. seen it. I've never seen a commentator go that far go to those links to try to just get a dude to miss a free throw. You can't convince me otherwise that this fella didn't have a few bones on this game. Uh, there was one time where he was just like, and Livingston is an excellent, he said excellent really weird, and it really ticked me <laughs> off. He was like, he is an excellent free throw shooter at whatever percentage he was at. And then on the second one, and he was, he was like, and he has not missed tonight. And I was just like, take it easy, dude. Like, just take it. <laughs> just, just hush. Hush. Take it easy. Uh, luckily, Livingston uh, was was good from the line last night. But it was over the top, and I didn't appreciate it one bit. The uh, I, I will. So, I think I mentioned it yesterday or not. But I, I, I do hits on this serious show that um, – it's it's not the best show. They just have like a rotating cast of characters from the SEC that will host it, guest host it. Life's too and, short to be serious, Roush. Maybe should you should join a happy show. Uh, but Roy Philpot is one of the few people that will like. I don't want to say break from script, but he 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 shows a little charisma outside of the the play by play calling duties. That I, I you know I, I'm I'm giving that guy a little leeway. The play by play guy. Even though it's like, dude, don't be such a jinxy cat. Like you, you got to know where you are, and that's the thing is he's still climbing the ranks. I think this is the first year he's been full time SEC. So uh, you know he's just gotta, he's gotta know you can't be a jinxy cat. Oh, it was, it, it, and I had it on mute for most of the first half, and I was actually kind of enjoying the watching experience with it being on mute, and then. Uh, we're we're like we're we're having fun when we're being critical of these of these people, and again. We don't. We, it's certainly not personal, um, and we're not insinuating that we could do a better job. Although we certainly could, couldn't we, Roush? No, definitely, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. There'd be no ums, likes, or you not know. Um, to not be fair, one. well, there would be a there'd be a to be fair, to be fair. But that's just being fair. Uh, and fun win for the Cats. Just winning so much better than losing. Hopefully, they can build off this. You you beat Tennessee. What an opportunity that will be on Saturday. That'll be a tough one. Probably come down to the wire, be super physical. Plavisic, he'll have a million dirty plays. Vescovi mm-hmm. will do annoying things. It's going to be a tough game, but a huge, huge opportunity for the Cats. Roush, when UK has been set up for a game like the one on Saturday, they have lost exclusively. Yes. They, have, they have lost. It, uh, it, but this, here's, here's strike three or your third chance to, to make something right. did make me very happy that uh... – they 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 got that win last night over Alabama, which that stinky line should have known. Uh, I forget how much they ended up beating Alabama by. Uh, they were by seven last I checked. But we we, we didn't need Kansas. You know, Kansas came in off three straight losses. Didn't need Tennessee coming in off of loss to number one loss on back to back buzzer beaters before that. So Alabama, the eighth number one team to go down this year, the most. I don't know if it was the most ever since 1948 or just the most to this point in the season since 1948. But number one, just keep dropping like flies. Yeah, that uh, and no undefeated SEC team. So is Kentucky 15 still the last to do it? Yeah. Yeah, because the other teams that did it, it was 
uh, four to the year prior in 14. And I think Donovan had a year with his Noah squads. I think, I think one of theirs did. And then uh, Tubby's 2003 team. Well, the, the 20, first to do well, 2012 team had an undefeated SEC regular season. They did? Okay. So then they count too. Yeah. Because just for regular seasons at least. But that was back – that was when it was 16 games, I think. At, at, since it's been 18, I think it's just Florida and Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah. That's tough. That is tough. That is tough to go 18 games and not lose. And, and Alabama, I still think I, I would – absolutely solidify them in my final four at where things stand today. I think Brandon Miller is one of the best players in the country and is just going to be really, really tough to stop in March, but things can change. We'll see where, where teams, where, where teams go. But as of today, I'd have them in the final four. They'll be fine. That was a, that, that was a tough one. No, no shame in, in losing on the road to a top 10 team. Uh, but I am happy to see them not finish the year in the SEC undefeated. I'm also happy that Tennessee's not coming on a big-time losing streak coming in. Uh, but they'll be motivated enough as is. It'll still be a tough game for UK. But just like I said, ginormous opportunity. And you provided that for yourselves by, by beating Mississippi State on the road last night. Uh, what I've decided on the Thornton's text line is – I. The text that we had allowed build up over the last few days, I have them marked off. We will come back to those potentially, and maybe tomorrow. But for today, we'll we'll stick more from text from yesterday and the game and and that sort of stuff. How does that sound? Sure, sounds good to me because um, we did have somebody text in saying, "All right, we gotta." Not spend three days on weekend text. Telling us how to do our jobs. Said so not trying Scoots. to tell you how to do your jobs, but Scoots, Scoots <laughs> doesn't like that. Uh, all right, Scoots so. is like I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Goods. It's not a great movie, but Jeremy Piven's a used car salesman. They bring in a DJ to like liven up the crowd to sell some cars, and it's Craig Robinson. And every time somebody requests a song, he just says, "Yeah, okay," and then he plays a different song. That's that's kind of the mindset I'm in when it comes to this guy. I kind of just want to read all the the rest of the Super Bowl <laughs> text and the and the games text from Saturday just to spite him. It's like whenever somebody asks uh, Scoots anything, he's just like just going to do the opposite. Well, I was going to do a Twitter Spaces and finish the text line yesterday, but uh, as the late great Scoots says, no time. So I had to uh, I had to improve. So we'll 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 try to figure it out. We'll maybe get back to it tomorrow. Maybe not. Uh, but Scoots, I like your strategy. Don't let people tell us how to do our job. That's right. All right, what do we have first here, Roush? Uh, oh, what about you? Uh, what about you? What What about you? Uh, on the text line, first text. Oh, listening to Nick try to explain why he uses the COVID tournament against Cal was comical. How are you supposed to get judged on what he does in the tourney if there isn't a tournament to play in? Also, thank you, TJ, for everyone who says, who uses the COVID tourney knows what they're doing, and they do know what they're doing. They know fans are mad, so if there's a slam article about UK, it will get more views, and I honestly hope Cal and the coaches are keeping a close eye on what people are writing. Then shut them out for next season. I mean, they shut everybody out, so it doesn't really matter, Texture. My overall point was is that I had a terrible job uh, being eloquent about, but at the time, said to Mark Stoops, like, hey, um, it's a COVID year. How do you treat it knowing that a a lot of people are going to give you a pass for not uh, succeeding in this season. He's like, well, 
you can say that, but people aren't going to judge you for that. They're going to, the, the results are the results. And I know it is different with the tournament being completely canceled, but like people don't care. They just still haven't seen the tournament win in a while. Like COVID is, I know that, that, that it's a caveat, but that stinks. So that's why you got to keep winning games like you did last night to give folks a chance to be happy on selection Sunday and in March Madness. Yeah, and again, it's apples and oranges with football and basketball and, and even Stoops' opinions on it. Unless you wanted to say, like, unless you were bringing it up in the context of Kentucky's 2020-2021 season, in which case, like, you and can some make the do ca- that. Yeah, And some people did. Like, it was a group of freshmen in a year that they weren't allowed to have summer workouts, and they, you know, didn't really get the out-of-conference cupcake schedule that a lot of teams get to kind of grow and build and get better. Um but the overall point, and you know, there's no need to take this into another day, right? Is is, is the timing of it is bad? Uh, it's too long for Kentucky basketball to go. I, I, again, I think if you just pull back the curtain a little bit when you hear that stat, you can say, all right, well, one of that isn't really against. That's not a, that's not his fault for why that number is as big as it is. But the number is still what the number is. It, it, as Roush said, it still is having to go back that long mm-hmm. for a tournament win, and at a place like Kentucky, that that should never be the case. Again, we know the reason it is the number that it is is partially in part because of the pandemic, but it's also because of just not good enough basketball. Uh, the one team just told, you know, nine wins on a season is terrible. And then to lose to the 15th seed is horrible after a mm-hmm. much better and more successful regular season. So the number is what it is, but there is some nuance to it. Uh, hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here. With what I consider a fantastic idea. When football season rolls around, we need Isaac Dixon to stay next to Eli Cox on the sidelines so the ladies can see some Dixon Cox. I'll see myself out now. Please don't block me. Brad. Bradley. Come on, Bradley. Brad Stintz. Marcus Cox. You could stay next to him, too. I thought you were better than this, Brad. It's an hour before game time. What is the best chance of happening? Mississippi State pick and roll is a death or Cal playing his own against the worst shooting team in the SEC. The added benefit of keeping a shortened rotation of foul trouble. Guess we'll see in about an hour. Neither. Yeah. Because I don't think Mississippi State had the guards to do it. They did have a couple times where, like, just they got us on the pick and roll and they hit some shots. That The one shot that really ticked me off because they – Kentucky took away Tolu Smith, and they even did a good job of forcing, I think it was number 10 for them. I mean, Wallace was all up in his face, and the dude still hit an 18-footer, and I think that might have been to cut the game to two uh, right off the right wing. I was just like, God, what are you, what are you all doing making shots? Um, also, big shout-out to G- DJ Jeffries for making his first three because there was no shot he saw that was uh, a bad shot after that. Yeah, I thought I had a similar thought. I I don't know. That game was just strange. I, I do think like a zone against that team just would have been probably suffocating to them. Like, but I don't know why every team wouldn't have done that. I don't know how that team beat one at Arkansas. No, yeah. you know, offense to Mississippi State. They're and again, they're a decent team, and different teams have you know their strengths can impact another team's weakness differently. UK just really struggles against really good penetrating guards. I don't even know if you have to be a really good penetrating guard. Um, Mississippi State just didn't really have that. So Kentucky's defense looked better. They were able to do some nice things. Uh, That was a really – like it was a big, important basketball game for Kentucky. It was just kind of like forgettable basketball 
Um, like I'm, I'm, you know, in a year, I'm probably not going to remember this one. Two years, sure. I'm probably not going to remember this one. Uh, it could be, you know, hopefully this could be a point that you circle back and say like, ah, their, their ability to be able to close out that win on the road change the season it'd be it'd be amazing i hope that's yeah. exactly what happens but uh it wasn't it wasn't overly inspiring basketball especially considering that like it was different because that team held serve at home but the 2011 team i mean that team they lost so many road games you know like that so just being able to get one when you were really reeling to to keep the uh to keep the train on the tracks like that was important. Uh, one thing that did frustrate me too. DJ Jeffries was guarding Kaysen Wallace, and it's just like Kaysen, just beat this guy off the dribble and go score. Yeah, we're, we're, he's six seven forward. Dude, just go around him. What, what are we doing? Yeah, I think they thought, hey, if we get length on him, it's going to bother him. It, it'll and maybe it does a little bit, but yeah, I, I thought the same thing. Kaysen, again, as we went through already. Huge of him to have the assist. I am really shocked that he's struggling scoring as much as as he has been. Um, I didn't expect it. From other guys, sure, but not from him. But, all right, get it out of your system. Because they, they, they won't be able to, to survive very many times with him playing that way. You can get away. I guess we got away with it yesterday. But I don't think you can do it too frequently with him. He doesn't have to be, I think, UK's leading scorer or best scorer, but I don't think you can get away with one of 13 games uh, all that often, if ever again. Um, I have a news bulletin. Beep, 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 beep. Not breaking news, just a news bulletin. News bulletin here coming across the wire, brought to you by our good friends at Shady Ray, Shady Ray sunglasses. Doesn't matter, rain or shine, Shady Rays will keep your eyes protected all the time. Polaroid, stylish lenses, 25% off, Big X. Promo code Big X to check out ShadyRays.com. The best of the best. That was really good. That was really good. Professional news bulletin here. We have some... Breaking football news. Actually, it's not breaking. Just a news bulletin. Uh, former Kentucky Wildcat Jared Parker will now be the Notre Dame offensive coordinator. Uh, he had a couple different stops. Uh, was once the interim head coach at Purdue before Jeff Brom got there. Uh, I think he might have been an offensive coordinator for Neil Brown at West Virginia. Um, but that's a guy... Who this is his biggest job, biggest get. He's gonna be replacing Tommy Reese, got promoted from tight ends coach. So um a, a notable name to keep an eye on. If he ends up being awesome there, then Stoops decides to hang it up in a couple of years. That guy might want to come home. I forget where he what what town he's from. He might be a Boyle County guy, but I, I can't remember exactly. But nevertheless, that was a big get. The other big news, the one that I've been I've been waiting for this update for a long time. We knew Mark Stoops was getting his new indoor facility, but when was it going to happen? Spring practice is around the corner. We don't have dates. Like, what, what's, what's going on over there? UK finally gave us an update of what's going on over there. And the Jim Green new track facility construction is underway. That should be complete by next year. And as soon as the spring season is over in April, they're going to start tearing up the current Nutterfield house with the hopes of having that done by August before fall camp starts so that they will have a complete 100-yard football field inside the Nutterfield house for the start of the 2023 football season. Wait, for the start of the 2023? Yes, like it, it'll be a two-month process. Because 
I mean, oh. all you have to do is just tear up the ground, regrade it, have lay the turf down. They don't have to do a lot to get the the football facility ready. I thought I had heard you say something about next year. That's for the track facility. We'll be ready for next year. Wow! So they just got to run outside <laughs> for for the summer. Uh, you know, Kentucky summers, nice and cool. Yeah, no humidity at all. Not none, none, none to be found. Easy to run through. Okay, so they'll have so just in a matter of months. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty exciting, and I'm I'm very excited because Stoops is just. He try like he has to bite his tongue to say how he really feels about how long some of this stuff goes, um, but yeah, I know I know he's fired up though. So yeah, the goal is to have the indoor track done by the end of the calendar year, and uh, Nutter done before August. So we huge. Cal wants to raise his own money and build his own facility, and Stoops gets his in just a few months. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, no, that's that's great news. I can't – it's almost hard to believe, but that's very exciting. Roush, I'm also excited that I've apparently gone into a time machine, and now everybody's back to making, like, permanent SEC opponent articles and predictions. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, we're, that we're back into it. Like, that mm-hmm. was, you know, what we were doing a year ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Now it's, yep. it's time to do it again. And that's uh, that's because Sankey said he wants to he wants to have the scheduling format complete before the spring meetings in May. So he's basically giving himself three months to get this figured out. Um, I think they want it approved before they get everybody in the room to start complaining about it, because um, then they won't get it done. But did he say anything specifically like you're going to have three opponents? No, 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 he did not. There was nothing specific. So this is just this is what college football people do: fun little offseason exercise. Um, and it's, it's always some combination of like Tennessee, Florida, Vanderbilt, Missouri, South Carolina. It's usually three of those, those five are the, are what people pick UK to get. Well, uh, I, there, an Arkansas writer yesterday had UKs being Ole Miss, Vanderbilt and South Carolina. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, amazing. that would be, be a, a dream. That I mean, would be so, that'd be so great. But like it, the, the one I could get you pairing because the Mississippi schools don't have natural rivals besides each other. Um, so I get being paired up with one of them, but if you're going to pair them up with one of them, it would be the team that you've been playing annually for 10 years, right? Like Kentucky's played at Ole Miss 11 times in a hundred years. How is that uh, an annual rivalry that needs to happen? I mean, maybe I'd be fine with going to the Grove, but more often, but come on. What's the stepbrothers quote? You've had the the old bull. No, you want the 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 young, the, the young, calf? The young buck, the young calf. I don't know. I'm also not a hundred percent percent on the line. But maybe they were like, "How much Starkville can one person take?" You you've met your you your time served. Check. <laughs> Here's your belongings, and now you get to go enjoy Oxford. Oh, man, it is crazy too that just Stoops has never won there, and Cal's never lost there. Cal's only loss to Mississippi State was in the tournament uh, that COVID year in the SEC tournament. It's crazy. Which they had a chance to win it at the buzzer there. That was on my birthday. Not 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 the. Was best. that the broken foot birthday? No, no, that was uh, that was bachelor party. That was an eighteen. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Man, they, we've been doing this show together for a while. Too long. <laughs> <laughs> too too long, some would say. Uh, another texter on the Thornton's text line says, "Topping, be popping, and hopping." Yes, but I also was about to pop my freaking blood vessel when he did that. 
left-handed floater thing? What the hell was that? I was happy with this game. It's not... <laughs> that one when it it, it 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 did give me confidence though that he scored at the rim early on, and it's like okay, if Jacob's going to, because really he just needs a little more dog in him. That that's the biggest part of his game is just not getting pushed around, being aggressive. And when he started out scoring in the paint, it's like okay, I've, I've got some confidence now. And he pulled the trigger on some much needed threes too. Yep, and uh, was able to hit a couple of them. Yeah, one, one, I, I, exactly. But yeah, yeah. I was, I, yeah. I guess the other ones were he hit along too. I was mm-hmm. happy with his performance. Um, yeah, yeah. So fine by me. He played mm-hmm. tough, defended well for the most part. A texter says, "Feels like death by a thousand free throws to give up a thirteen point lead in the second half. Brutal on several counts." It was more for me. It the just the watching experience. It it felt like the first time in a while that we had a real slowed down game down the stretch. It's just like, come on, come on. This, this has been pretty fun back and forth. Now it's just not happening. You know, nothing's happening. Texter says this team is desperate for some guard play. Yeah, it, the one thing about Reeves, he did only record one turnover, but he he's just so shaky as a ball handler sometimes. It makes me, makes me feel a little apprehensive down the stretch. Because he is one of your better free throw shooters, but do I trust him with the ball in his hands? I don't know. CJ, uh, CJ was out yesterday, and Wheeler had a boot on Roush. That probably isn't isn't great news. Probably not. Probably not. Um, although Cal said like they could be bad, but I, I mean I think he's just kind of talking because he doesn't know. Um, they need they need them. Not that like again. I think that a loss. I mean, at this point, it could be though. They just they need as many options as, as they can get. Is Wheeler going to go win you a game? Is CJ going to go win you a game? Most likely, probably not in either either account. But Wheeler could have a game where he has eight points with multiple layups, and uh, CJ could have a game where he hits a couple threes, helps the spacing, spread to the floor. You just want to have your full complement of players. Uh, it's not really even all that hot of a take. You want them back. My guess is, and it's a total total guess. Maybe it's a high ankle sprain for Wheeler, and you know he was able to play, or he was able to finish the game. It was happening, but mm-hmm. you know high ankle sprains can be four weeks. Sometimes they can be even longer than that. Um, I don't know. The fact that he's in a boot though doesn't seem like it's going in the right direction necessarily. I know that some people could say like, no, it means that they're they're taking every precaution. It's a it's a better thing. I don't you know whatever. That, Ideally, he'd be playing in a perfect world. CJ's a rib thing. You know, that's probably not fun. Probably hurts to run. Maybe even hurts to breathe. So, who knows about him. But you just, you want to get back to full strength as soon as possible. Especially, like, I I don't even necessarily think, I mean, when Kentucky got CJ, they weren't getting a guaranteed knockdown shooter. But he was doing some other stuff that made him valuable. Yeah. He just spaces the floor. You got to have somebody out on him, even if he's not mm-hmm. hitting. So it helps. Yes, it helps so much. And you just, you also need somebody that's just another body because the, as we saw last year, when guards are playing 35, 38 minutes a game in February, like it, it takes its toll. It takes yeah. its toll. A texture set. And like, if this is, if this was early January or December, you could even make a case like this. This could be better for Antonio Reeves in the long run. This will be better for Case and Wallace having to like run the show. 
But like, no, no, just be at full strength now. You just, you got to win. You got to win the, these games. There's no more learning. There's no more lessons to be, like, you just got to win. A texter says, finally a favorable whistle, and it's on the road because that sure looked like Wallace walked near the end with eight seconds left. I don't think he did. Yeah, um, they didn't have a good camera angle of it either. They, like, so much in basketball nowadays is, like, the collection of the ball when you technically pick up your dribble and how, Roush, you have to have both hands on the ball for your clock for your clock to be set. for your feet Yeah, both of them. Even. So, like, if you've got one hand on the ball, you can still kind of get into your stance. I it's it's more confusing just than your simple when we were taught basketball like here's your pivot foot here's this if you this is that then it's a travel um i don't think it was i'm glad they didn't call it just you know let let basketball be played there was a a very obvious walk missed by mississippi state just a few minutes earlier before that where the dude changes pivot foot and stuff and it's like they're just they're gonna miss walks they just are i didn't think it was a walk either for what it's worth that's what we like to hear, Scoots. Did you see when Damian Collins saved that ball in in the first half and it went underneath the basket and threw? It was so cool. Yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't the same as uh, James Young. Yeah, but it, it it definitely reminded me of that. I also felt very cool to show people that forgot about. It's like, oh, you remember the James Young shot? People are like, no, I don't remember it. And then I get the phone out and show them. They're like, oh man, that is cool. Really, it's big big moment for me. That's where being the KSR guy that remembers all the the dumb stuff really makes me feel like a like a cool guy, even though I'm not. I'm just a, a crazy psycho UK fan, just like just like all of us listening right now. Kentucky roll call. Gosh, I don't know where I was at for that game. I initially had thought that I was at the game covering it when James Young hit that shot, but wherever I was at and the shot went in i remember being like oh my gosh that's incredible and i was like looking around to be like did anybody else just see that like is anybody else <laughs> shocked and amazed and people were and but like there was just this moment of just like oh, oh okay well that's you know move on that's just that that's it it's over uh but it was it was pretty wild james young shot was incredible what they counted as it was a three for the other team because it was own goal he, he saved that's it. That's right. Into, yeah, yeah. Probably Crazy. the most excited UK has ever been for an opposing team's basket in Rupp Arena history. Yep. All right, let's go to our last break. We'll come back. We'll get to as many texts as we can get to. Nice win for UK basketball. Staying alive in 2023. This is KRC. We'll be back. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call, presented by Salsarita. So good, even Walker and Roush. He will sing it. Salsaritas. A fresh Mexican groove. <laughs> <laughs> Download the Salsaritas app before. When you scan it, they're going to give you money back, entrees, all sorts of good stuff at Salsarita. So download that before you go. Welcome back, Salsaritas. It is delicious on a rainy day like today. That drive-through mm. through in Middletown, that's going to be huge. 
uh, likely great parking situation for the St. Matthew Salsaritas as well. Either location, both are going to be delicious. Check them out today. Download the Salsaritas app. Save you time. Save you some money. All right, we got one final segment. Anything else you all want to want to get to? Uh, I think we touched on it all. Oh, I'm good. Uh, I, there's one other thing from the game we need to discuss. Um, it was a topic of conversation amongst my crowd. The blue pullover was, uh, was a little snug, a little toasty for John Calipari last night. Yeah, there so. are some unfortunate pictures going out out there, sweating, sweating underneath neath his breast. Yeah, the, the the boob sweat is the you just don't see that very often, right? Like it's one thing to have the pit stains or like you know around the collar, or maybe the back. Rarely get the the boob the boob sweat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a tough. It was a tough look. It happens though. It happens. We're all human. People sweat. Human sweat. It's it, it's no it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Uh, he just shows how hard he was working and how hard he was coaching the cats to a victory. How many games has he lost when he's had boob sweat? I think that's the question you need to be asking See, yourself. And, and part of it too, well, it's probably he, he is taking pride away from himself for the betterment of the team. Like it's, 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 he's selfless, selfless leader. Yeah. He's just doing what it takes, doing what it takes. Uh, all right, we'll get back on the text line here. 502-414-1450. Uh, texter says, just win, baby. And that's what the Cats did. It wasn't pretty. I was very nervous watching, but uh, they came away with a win. Uh, texter says, WTF, Reeves, why does everything have to be so hard with this team? I'm not sure what he did. Uh, could have been when he got pickpocketed for the yeah. easy layup on the other side. Yeah, Every team, everybody on this team is going to have some things that are going to hurt the team, and everybody's going to do some things on this team that that help the team. And weirdly enough, they they really kind of need all the pieces. They they need it all uh, to have a to have a chance to to be anything sort of good or special, if you will. I don't know what what special would even look like for this group, but they also have mistakes and they have things that you just have to live with. You got to put up with, and you hope that you don't see a ton of them. Uh, Reeves is not great with the ball in his hands, and he's also not the the best defender that UK basketball's ever had. But he is he's a great scorer. I mean, even in like the if you're listing all the great Cal scorers, Reeves' just ability to shoot, score from anywhere on the floor, uh, it, it's it's up there. I wouldn't say the best, but it's it's up there in the conversation. So uh, you just got to put up though with the defense and sometimes the the turnovers. Hopefully, it's not too many, and he only had the one last night. Up 13, and I was getting ready to get excited, and then they act like they have never played basketball before. Wallace Kane hit a shot to save his life. This team is just bad. It, it is a case of they're they're bad at getting out of the buffer zones, TJ, or like I don't, and I, but I don't even know if you can say that they they didn't have the run to put them away because it was like a eight to two run, and then they had a seven zero run to get the big lead that was ultimately too much for Mississippi State to come back from. Um, I just think when Oscar got in foul trouble, like it was, you know, that Mississippi State smelled blood in the water and Kentucky struggled to, to get good looks um, with him out of the game. And, you know, they, they, the bench didn't play a lot yesterday, but whoever it is, play whoever, whenever Oscar goes out and they got somebody else in, 
you're not obviously going to run the same offense as when Oscar's in the game, but the big needs to have the mindset that it's not going to be all that. It's going to be similar. It's not going to be different. Um, and I, they don't have that. And it's weird because like you would think, and I don't want it ideally to be Lance Ware, although he did play hard, but like if it's Collins, you would think, Hey Collins, if you got an open shot, you need to, to let it rip and it wouldn't look so, so much different. But the offense, just weirdly enough, just kind of gets more clustered. It looks a little bit more confused when Oscar's not in the game. Like when Oscar's in, they know, hey, we have this option on the block. We may put him in a pick and roll. He may come out, pop to the elbow. I'll have him here. They know what things are going to look like when Oscar's in the game offensively. And when they're not, and when he's not in, you think it'd tell like Wallace, Reeves, Livingston, some of these other guys, like, all right, Toppin, you're going to be more of a focal point offensively. You got to put shots up. They they don't. It's almost like they run around thinking that like, hey, at least we're gonna have Oscar to throw to. Oh no, we don't have him. They just need to tell the big, whether it's Collins or Ware, whoever it is, you you've got to take somewhat of an Oscar role. We get it. You're not gonna bruise on the block, but Collins, you can turn around and shoot over people, and you've got a decent little hook shot. They they need to just keep the five engaged offensively because when Oscar goes out, the offense becomes confused, and it really shouldn't. Like, you know, other people should just be able to step up, do some things, and it, should, it shouldn't look so drastically different when Oscar steps out of the game. And it does, and that's not, not the way it should be. But he's, he's really good, so there's a reason why they maybe overemphasize getting him the ball. But I, so do we – is Oscar out of his funk? Is he back to being old Oscar? What, what's the verdict? Tolu Smith had 22 and 5, but Oscar 18 and 11. I think he is doing what he needs to be doing. He's not doing too much, and he, but he's doing enough. Yeah, it's it's like baseline Oscar. But yeah, 18 points and 11 rebounds is just like the, okay, that's what we expect, Oscar. <laughs> it's manufacturer setting. Yeah, the, the big thing was that he, I think he really messed with him when he hit those, uh, those, those long jump shots early in the first half. He hit, what, two or three in a row? I, and I yeah. think that mess with Mississippi State a little bit. A texter says, of attack. praise the Lord. You can tell TJ's clipped in when he's not tweeting. I was uh, I was not, actually. But watching the UL game finish on my phone, we had the challenge on. Which we never DK discussed that. TV. My God, what, did they, what does Louisville do in these end-of-game situations? It is the dumbest. <laughs> Gosh. It was so bad. Scoots, did you see it? Uh, not that I recall. It was a three-point game. I mean, you so you didn't see it. No. Yeah, if I don't remember, it no. means I didn't. Don't don't lie. <laughs> say no. Because it was a three-point game, and Louisville had the ball with what twenty-nine seconds left, TJ, and they just kind of dribbled around until it was almost too late. I mean, they almost didn't get a shot off. Yeah, and if you've watched UofL enough this year, they have played in some close games. Uh, this was just another embarrassing late-game execution. That, like, running around, no play, no sense of where they need to be or what they need to be doing. And for some reason, Roush, they just seem dead set on, like, we have to have a three here. Like, it's got to be a three. And they couldn't get a three off, so they just refused to go to the rim and make it like a one-point game. <laughs> it was so weird. My poor yeah. wife, she was just like playing her game, kind of like listening to the challenge. And I was like, you've almost got a chance to force overtime here. 
And she like looked over, watched that one possession, and she was like, I regret even watching that one possession. She was like, yeah. the, just one possession of U of L basketball has ticked me off and made me upset. And it was horrible. They had a I mean, timeout, didn't they? That I'm not sure of. But even if you were going to settle for a three, at least shoot it early enough to where you can get a rebound or foul or something. I, I, it, I just made no sense. Such a nonsensical disaster. And Virginia was very clearly guarding the three-point line, too. <laughs> like You just go get a two. You, you could have gotten a two and had like 20 seconds left on the clock. You could have gotten a two trapped forced a turnover you would have had enough time to just keep things going but that was panic and motion oh man so funny uh, and and you knew too when Louisville was keeping it close like even if this was a good team those games always in a disaster against Virginia it's like Lachlan McLean well I don't know what he did to sell himself to the devil to always be a thorn in Louisville basketball side but he's done something that really cursed the cards for eternity it would be it would have been hilarious though, like all the good U of L teams that have just never been able to beat Virginia. The three win team gets them, knocks them off. Mango Mathiang and the three win team. <laughs> hey, if U of L's playing any bubble ACC teams, we're gonna be rooting for the cards. I that I don't know if Clemson where there's where they stand in the bubble conversation, but uh, may need U of L to win on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, would certainly help. Because that would be a quad four loss. Any, <laughs> There's no doubt about that. TJ, I hope you're hydrating this game. is taking forever. Also, I never realized Livingston shot over 85% from the line. Oh, they let you know it every time you touch the basketball at the free throw line. There is no chance in hell Chris Livingston's going to miss this free throw, <laughs> says the commentator. Oh, man. I love the this next text because it's the – I had this – I think everybody's mind just went back to this gift. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it will make for a good atmosphere on Saturday. That was much needed. And you win on Saturday, then uh, this Ooh. this most recent 0-2 week is uh, done, dusted, long long gone. Uh, an update in the net, though. A&M did not crack the top 30. They're 31. So that's still a quad two win. Um, Florida is at 59th. Um, I haven't looked up to see who they play Saturday. That technically is a quad one game, but if they dip below, I think it's either 75 or 60. If they dip below that, then that could become a quad two game. But um, like we said at the top, no Colin Castleton next Tuesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. But that's, you know, we can look forward to that game next week. Hopefully it's coming off a Tennessee win, but there is will be no excuse not to win that game with Castleton not playing. Not that I mean, not that it means Oscar needs to dominate. He probably should, but like just as a team, you just find you got to find a way to win. If you can win at Mississippi State, you can you can win at Florida without Castle. You could have won there with Castleton, but if he'll be out, uh, it's a winnable game. All right, uh, Texter says, how many banked in threes are going to go in against this team this year? All, uh, all of million, them. Yeah, uh, all, <laughs> ton. If Cal acted like that with eight seconds left, he would have been ejected in a heartbeat. Oh, man, that guy was laying into them. Effing BS. Like, I was surprised. I was surprised he didn't even get a talking to from the officials. But he was he was losing it. A texter says, ugly game, but a win is a win. Can start a winning streak. You can't start a winning streak without the first one. Yep, you're right. Kirby says, big effing win, boys. Kirby's pumped up. We must have the lowest basketball IQ in the country. So many head-scratching plays. Why on earth is Reeves fouling with six seconds left 
on the clock up four. And not even only that, but when they foul just up three, like, hey, you can't lose if you get them to the foul line, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, you could technically lose. But they can't hit a three if you get them to the foul line. Um, like, you know, you can let them catch the ball and take a dribble. Like, you can let them chew up a little yes. bit of clock. You're, you're not fouling them to save clock. You're fouling them to not let them get off a clean look from three. Exactly. That, that, that's basketball IQ, too. It's, it's, not the, it's not the brightest with this group. It, that's where, because it should have been down to four seconds when they went to the line or whatever, instead of still at six. Because that's the, the, then they got another possession after that. That the, that that was where it became problematic. Um, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills here. Wallace misses his three. It hit the rim and went straight down off into Mississippi State's foot. The shot clock never resets. The refs go to review who it went out on, but never fixed the shot clock. How does no one call that out? That that was the part that shocked me. And I thought that's why they originally went over there, not to see if it went out on him, but to reset the shot clock. That was – I just did not – who could not believe that. I, I thought the same thing, and it was just like, well, there's nothing I can do from where I'm watching this game. Like, But, like, how how is it not being talked about? How is it not being discussed? How is nobody screaming to look at that? Uh, I still don't know if it actually did, but I was pretty sure it did. Could be wrong about that. It hit the rim. It definitely I, th- I thought so, too. Yeah. Uh, rough down the stretch, but I'll take the dub. couple guys and living. Okay, UofL did not have a timeout, by the way. So okay. that's that's worth mentioning, not slowing it, slowing things down. But, gosh, go get go, go get a bath. I mean, the shot clock was even on. You had the shot clock on on that final possession. Uh, yeah, not, 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 a good, not a good game. Not a good final possession there from UofL. Probably a good game. I mean, you, you'd lose about three. They'd probably take that, all things considered. Uh, Texture says, okay, rough down the stretch. I'd rather have Livingston atop and who drove me crazy at times this year. Pick and roll D was better, but still got punked by their big. Oh, well, win three of these last five, and we should be in, barring an awful SEC tourney opening game loss. That's where I'm at. Looking at the final um, five. It's also Kentucky's tied for fourth right now um, in SEC play. And Low-key, that Vanderbilt game, too. Vandy's won, like, five straight or something like that in SEC play. I mean, they're right in the kind of the same mix as Kentucky. So They're a tough team with Liam Robbins. That game will probably yeah. look pretty similar to the Florida home game, uh, and that was a tough one for Kentucky. Yep. Not yep. one that you had chances to kind of pull away, and you didn't. Uh, just not not this team's style to pull away and win comfortably. They're going to make us sweat all of them out. But that, that Vandy game will be tough. But when it comes to, like, hey, making the NCAA tournament win at home against Vandy – if you don't do that, you don't really deserve to be in anyway. So that game will kind of tell on ourselves regardless. But I think three and two in your final five gets you in the tournament. And that Texas right. And, you know, unless you just were to get blown out by a bad team in the first SEC game. But assuming just things kind of go normal, three and two, you are in, in my opinion. Four and one, I think without any sort of question or debate. I think three uh, and two, you need to have one of Auburn and Tennessee. Yeah, because right? you're you're at home for those. Yeah, but I guess if you want to add Arkansas too, that yeah. that would be so. Yeah, so three would get you at least one. That would be nice, real nice, Clark, to some degree. Quad one, no no questions asked. I mean, the Florida game will be quad one, most likely, I would think. But uh, we can figure that stuff out. Another texter says uh, would prefer Tennessee not to be on a three game losing streak heading to Rupp. Well, good news. Uh, can we talk about Toppin's left handed hook shot in transition? Roush brought it up. Oh, was, man, that was, was 
pretty clear Bizarre. Reeves wasn't aware that he wasn't supposed to foul Livingston miss. You could see everyone telling him, great, but don't have one of your best free throw shooters throwing it in. I think that's fair with the Oscar free throw stuff. Like, yeah. I, it's fine to go to him, but you still need to just be organized and prepared for those situations. And having your best free throw shooter throw it in is not not the play. That being said, when Wheeler's healthy and he's throwing it in, I'm okay with that. He's a great passer. I know he's small and he's short and blah, blah, blah. But he's a good passer. You trust him to make those decisions. Um, but you don't want it to be your best free throw shooter. Good morning, TJ. Did you see where Kaysen refused to help up from the Mississippi State player? It was funny, but I loved it. Be that player. Me, nasty alpha. Go be a dog, Kaysen. Make this your team. I think Kaysen has it in him, but I don't understand why he hasn't taken control of the team and become a leader. I didn't watch the second half. I did see the ESPN app that we had a 13-point lead. TJ, can you tell me how it got down to three points? I'm happy we won, though. Anyways, have a good day. I'm sure it sucks selling a house on the rainy day. Suck at Louisville, suck at Ralph. No I did. Uh, I did like the Kaysen just refusing to help up. That was that was a nice touch. Yeah, uh, yeah. We talked a lot about the game. I love golden retrievers and labs. My favorite dogs, but humans who have retrievers personality can get on the old nerves. That was the case of the the color commentator. Straight up golden <laughs> retriever energy. Give him a rawhide. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. All right, we are out of uh, time. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. We'll 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 get in just uh it'll be a real smorgasbord of text messages, a potluck if you will on the Thornton's text line. Uh it'll be fun though. And it'll be fun to be able to talk about this Tennessee game in a more positive light. That was a huge win for UK mm-hmm. last night and keeps things keeps things going, which is which is important. Uh, March without UK basketball it just isn't the same. So Good win, and we'll talk more about the Cats in Tennessee tomorrow, 7 a.m. on Kentucky Roll Call. T.J. Walker, Nick Roush. Roll Call.